mall. That's all. Raw Radio. Only on 102.5 The Phone. Now, from the Autoglass America Studios, it's the Mike Calter Show. Seven two seven five 5791025 or 800-771-1025. Oh, man. I'm just thinking of all the things to talk to Ron Darling about. Do you know who Ray Knight is? No. Ray Knight, I want to say, played third base for the Mets in the uh, 86 Wally Backman series. Uh, and... Um, he was, he had a player, oh God, I gotta remember the story, he had a player slide in wrong or something along those lines, and they got into a, a fight, like a confrontation. This guy didn't know who Ray Knight he, he was either. He was a former Gold Gloves boxer. Oh, really? <laughs> and Ray Knight beat his ass right on the field. That you don't see a lot of. I, I, liked it. I like when there's a good pitcher-catcher uh, fight. But usually the pitcher throws a wild ball. It's an accident. <laughs> pitcher catcher fight or pitcher batter? I'm sorry, pitcher batter. <laughs> I've never seen a pitcher catcher. catcher. That'd be really something. Usually <laughs> it's it's a uh, pitcher batter fight. The pitcher throws a wild ball, and then the batter charges the mound. Right now, one of the worst one was uh, Nolan Ryan was on the mound and, and Robert Ventura. Yeah, and he just got his ass whooped. Now, like you would think the guy running at the other guy would do better, right? And plus, he, he's twenty years older than him. right. Nolan uh, Ryan, yeah, I thought he was pretty old. He came running at it. He just got him in a headlock and just started just drilling. Oh, no. Yeah, and it his, was the face was all bloody. Oh. and uh, then they have pictures that you can buy of that of Nolan Ryan with Robin Ventura in the headlock. Hitting them, blood everywhere, and they have pictures you could buy signed by Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura. Oh my God. If you're Robin Ventura, what do you do? You oh. and he doesn't need the money. Yeah, he's not like a guy who played for a year and then just fizzled out. He had a good career. How does he sign those pictures? Well, Although I got to tell you, if they're cool now, you know which they are. Right, and cool. you got to think one of two things: either you're an ass and you're like, I'm not signing that, and it's still miserable, and you're angry about it, or you go. Wally yeah, Backman got- signs. Uh, not Wally Backman. Who is the guy? Sorry for the Red Sox, where the ball went through his legs. Buckner. Buckner. Bill Buckner signs those pictures. Yeah, cool. but like with the fight, he's like, "Yep, I got my ass whooped outside." Yeah. It, you know, yeah. and you got your ass whooped by Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good to say. Um, yeah, those I have to tell you that that home run, that that home run hitting, pitching Daryl Strawberry, uh, Doctor K, that whole Mets team was the only rival team that I can recall in the entire time I lived there. That was the one that made you go, oh, maybe I like the Mets a little too. <laughs> I did take off and go to the Mets parade. Now, was this also known as the Subway Series? <laughs> no, the Subway Series is when the Yankees play the Mets. The Yankees play the Mets in the World Series. You can take a subway to both stadiums. That's where they got the name, the Subway Series. What were you just talking about? Who are they? I was saying the 86 Mets, when they played uh, in the World Series, it was it was the oh, first it time the a Yankees fan could say, all right, 
Oh, a good okay. Mets gotcha. Team. Yeah. Gotcha. No, uh, the Subway Series, the Yankees and that Mets were never good at the same time. And I remember saying to George Steinbrenner, I was like, did you ever think you'd see a Subway Series? He said, never. He said, never thought it would come through. And it's terrible for ratings because you're not in New York. You don't normally care. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But uh, it was, certainly was good for, for the New York area. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to talk to Ron Darling here any minute. So in the meantime, 727-579-1025 or 800-771-1025. I'd like to go out on a limb here and say that, uh, especially at the time with Donald Trump being president and the wall and they're trying to keep all the people out, uh, I went to a restaurant yesterday and sat across from another restaurant or bar, really. Spanish, I don't know if you know about this place because evidently there's one in St. Petersburg okay. as well. Bodega? Oh, yes. This, yes. You've been to Bodega? I have. I frequent Bodega often. To eat or drink or both? To both. Because the one in St. Pete has uh, beer, coffee, and the food. I don't know what the one in uh, Tampa has. I, I don't know either. Same. But let me tell you what I saw. As I sat in the restaurant across from it, I looked across at Bodega. It was packed in the early afternoon on a Sunday. And in the doorway, I could just see lovely girls and gentlemen salsa dancing. Yep. And I went... Hispanics know how to get down. Uh, it's always a party. Hispa- Who is that? Is that Puerto Rican? I think the, it's Cuban. Cuban from Bodega. Yeah, I believe so. I could be wrong, but I believe it's Cuban. At least the one in St. Pete because they make a fantastic Cuban sandwich and a mojo pork sandwich. I, I make notes to talk about on the show. Uh, this note says, no one parties like Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Bodega. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because that's how it was. Yeah. They were really... I mean, I sat down and I was like, oh, it looks like they're having fun over there. Yeah, there. just have a little drink. And I feel like dancing. if I bought white pants and an orange shirt, I could just show up there. 100%, yes. With a hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then like, you'll be Angel from uh, yeah. Dexter. Or <laughs> that lady. Oh, yes. And then, and then I bet I could do that sort of dancing because it's just shoulder mounts. Yeah, that's right, it. Yeah. yeah, that's all you got to do. Wiggle my ass every mm-hmm. once in a while. You know, let the like, girl do the rest of the work. Mike Gal the show, good morning. Morning, Mike. I wanted to share an April Fool's prank with you and your audience, if you would allow. Sure, good. It's gonna be good. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. You'll you'll be the judge. Okay, so it was just me and one other guy on a construction site. We were framing. Uh, nobody else around. He was in a different part of the house. I took my shoe off, and I shot it with a nail gun to the concrete slab, and then I put my foot back in the shoe, tied it up and uh, double shot my gun again and started screaming bloody murder. Uh, that's that's he, pretty good. He came running, and he was absolutely freaked out, and I let him be freaked out for a while, and then I just said April Fool's. Yeah, that's pretty and good. He could not he could not have been any more pissed than he was. <laughs> that's a good one. You, you got him for a second, so that's pretty good. Yeah, thought you'd like it. Thank you. I do. Good job. You pass, sir. (laughs) I don't recommend anybody trying that at home. You know, it would be funnier. Actually, shoot through your foot. Dude, <laughs> I was really hoping to be like, April Fool's, and I was going to do it. I ended up being April Fool's myself because I shot my own foot. <laughs> yep, whoops-a-daisy. As some sort of, I mean, some sort of blood uh, factor would have been yeah, right? uh, a little bit better. What's going on? Is there? Oh, oh, what does that say? Oh, I got you. Yeah, I just want you. Ron Darling, how are you, sir? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. Let me tell you, I was just telling this audience, as a guy who grew up in New York, a long-time, uh, lifelong Yankees fan, as you know, you yep. cannot be a fan of both the Yankees and the Mets at the same time. That is absolutely true. I think there's some places in the world where you can be 
was uh, a time, though, when the Mets won the World Series that that team not only had uh, a great year, but that there were so many guys on your team that were great players and great characters that for the first time in my life as a, as a lifelong Yankee fan, we went, all right, well, maybe this year we could like the Mets a little bit. You, Gary Carter, Daryl Strawberry, Dr. K. I mean, oh, I, I was just I was just trying to tell these guys about the time. Who was it, do you remember, that tried to fight Ray Knight? Uh, yes, that was Eric Davis um, uh, tried to uh, fight Ray Knight in the game. Um, I think Ray threw the first punch, so maybe it was Ray trying to fight Eric Davis. Uh, but uh, Ray was a, a gold glove boxing champion as a kid. Surprise. So we all knew to stay away. But uh, I remember um, uh, once Ray was on the disabled list, and, and as will happen occasionally in, in sports, um, especially in, in locker rooms, is that sometimes guys get out of control. And Ray and I ended up one day wrestling on the floor. I remember uh, Davy Johnson ran into the training room and said, uh, darling, your fine's $500. And I said, why am I fine? We're both wrestling. He said, Ray's on the DL. He's more important than you. You're the ones getting fined. <laughs> so those kind of things, uh, can happen. And th- there's no one uh, now that I love more in the game than Ray Knight. And, uh, you know, but those are the kind of things that happen over the course of the season. I believe that's actually the definition of insult to injury. <laughs> He's better than you, more yeah. important. Uh, can I tell you why, in particular, I disliked you uh, over the years as more than most uh, Mets players? Sure. So goddamn handsome. No, 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 no. Stop it. Uh, you know, so handsome. And all the girls in my school were like, oh, Ron, darling. Oh. And you had the name that went along with being handsome. And it, may, it actually would make us jealous because our girls would like you. Well, I, I think then I probably went through the same thing with my generation of girls that I was, was attracted to. And David Cassidy and Robin Gibbs made it impossible for me. So, uh, <laughs> Um, each generation has uh, has, has its own cross to bear. Were you a married guy during those years on the Mets, or were you single? I was single for the the um, the beginning part, long beginning part of, uh, of my career, and uh, it was um, something that uh, makes baseball a lot easier. Um, you know, when you don't, one of most of my teammates are married and had families. And there's uh, a real uh, special uh, toughness to take to have a family and play Major League Baseball, and I, I certainly didn't have that early in my career. No, but, I mean, Jesus, if you would have, what a waste that would have. I would imagine, especially in New York, I mean, you were, you were there pre-Jeter days. You were probably one of the guys that was getting the most ass in New York. Even more importantly, uh, pre-social media days. Right. So that was yeah. uh, kind of... You could kind of live in the weeds, which was uh, probably the most important. Yeah, boy, those must have been good times. So so that team was notorious uh, for drugs and stuff, but not until after. You don't find out about that stuff, like you say, because of social media and stuff, until after the team. Who, yeah. start, who starts leaking that information out? Is that because of Daryl and the rehab and all that stuff? or like Because a lot of stories got out. Yeah, I think it was just self-leaked. I think, you know, once uh, Dwight and Daryl had to go into rehabilitation, I, I think, um, you know, the, the, the stories were out. Um, and if people tried to track uh, where and they had been or whatever, um, 
players uh, for considerable lengths of time. And, um, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, I think it, it, it took that team from being one of the great teams in the history of the game to a team that had one of the most historical seasons uh, of all time. So um, that really, uh, um, you know, when I think back on that team, I felt like we came up short from where we should have. Yeah, you got the one, man. Uh, we're talking to Ron Darling. Uh, he's got a book out called 108 Stitches, Loose Threads, Ripping Yarns, and the Darnest Characters from My Time in the Game. And really, that was uh, a time when, when baseball players were characters. You guys did get away with a lot more uh, off the field. People didn't take things as seriously as they do now. And it, it's almost like not that the players didn't take the game seriously, but you didn't have a lot of guys who... You, you know, you can go out and have a binge. You can go out and have a, a, a night of fun. A lot of guys now are, like, just all athlete. They're all – they're sleeping in hydrogen tanks or whatever those things are called, hyperbaric chambers. Yeah, yeah. It's a different – it was a different time back then. As opposed to not knowing where you're sleeping, right? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a uh, – um, it's, it's it was an unfettered uh, kind of world. Probably the last uh, – maybe the 93 Phillies um, – they had quite a, a collection of, of great players and characters, but uh, it was really an unfettered time that um, you could kind of do your own thing, and, and certainly that team did, but, you know, not to overlook, it did win 108 games, and uh, it's the best team uh, collection of, of ball players that I ever played with, and uh, um, that, that made it fun also. Who'd you run with? Who was, like, your best friend on the team? Well, you know what's funny is Ed Lynch, uh, who uh, ended up being uh, the GM for the Chicago Cubs and, um, and uh, was really uh, my good friend, but he got traded in the middle of the season. Um, so really wasn't. I didn't really have uh, a good friends again. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, you always have friends. But, yeah. I mean, really good friends that were my friends, lifelong friends. Uh, until a little later, Kevin Elster uh, became a great friend, our shortstop. And David Cohn, uh, you know, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, uh, when he came over in '87. So that those uh, those two guys became uh, uh, my lifelong friends from then on. Now I know David pretty well. How is it that he gets away with murder? No one has any idea what a shady character he is. Uh, well, I think because uh, everything that he's done uh, in his post, uh, not only post baseball life, you know, I think that. He became quite a spokesman for some of the greatest teams uh, in New York when he was a Yankee. Um, I think uh, you know he conducted himself such a uh, conducted himself in such a, uh, a great way when he was uh, going through a lot of the struggles and uh, collecting bargaining agreements struggles uh, between the players and the owners, um, and now has uh, become one of the best broadcasters in the game. So. You know, um, uh, we all have uh, a lot of things that we're embarrassed by immaturity about, uh, but we all have a whole lifetime, hopefully, uh, to try to write that. Oh, don't let me just tell you, as a fan, okay, you may be embarrassed by immaturity, but know that those of you who are great players and also have that story is we hold you higher than most of the people that are regarded by uh, stats. I'll tell you that. This is Ron Darling. His book is 108 Stitches. Loose Dreads, Ripping Yarns, and the Darnest Characters from My Time in the Game. It's available on Amazon. I'm looking at it right now. And, uh, I listen, I remember 
This is a guy who who knows the game and has been around for a lot of stuff. I'd imagine this is a great read, and I uh, appreciate you calling the show today, buddy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, see ya. Uh, he, I'm telling you, he was there in a time where it was it was crazy. That must have been cool. I didn't even think that's a really good point about how they used to party and now athletes are more just athlete. Whereas I, they really did used to party all the time yeah. back then. They would smoke. Yeah, they would smoke in the in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, that's in awesome. Innings. Yeah, they would drink a lot. I mean, you watch. You ever watch that um that uh, Mickey Mantle? And 61. 61, the one that Billy Crystal made of Mickey yeah. Mandel and... and uh, Roger Maris. Roger Maris, thank you. I can't believe I couldn't get it. Um, they, that story of them going out there and Mickey drinking in the locker room after every game. And they and like Darling said, they didn't have social media. They had guys with giant cameras and flashbulbs. So if you're out having dinner with a woman who wasn't your girl, you knew he was coming to take a picture of a you know, <laughs> yeah. big explosion in front of your face. Oh, uh, but these guys, they didn't... Uh, I mean, before... Darling, of course, but a lot of these guys had second jobs. Like this, they would work in the off season as whatever, and then play baseball during baseball season. They weren't all making millions and millions of dollars, and certainly not in the early eighties and the late seventies. You know, there was only a couple of guys who were really shining at that point, making that kind of money. So they were they were doing it for the fun, and you know, maybe the money, but also yeah. doing it to win. And they weren't. They weren't the kind of guys that were setting the alarm for 4 a.m., eating two eggs, running <laughs> yeah. 20 miles, yeah. and sleeping in uh, hyperbaric <laughs> chambers. Uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, Bill Buckner earlier. Uh, so I was looking at Ron Darling's Wikipedia page, and it said something about Bill Buckner in there when they played. And I clicked on a picture of Bill Buckner. I mean, you talk about Spanish having a neck beard and having some stuff. Bill Buckner had too much hair for his body. He yeah. had the hair of 19 different men. Joey, I sent you a picture. If you can pull that and put that up on Bone TV. His chest hair yeah, caught comes his all the way up his neck. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Look at yeah. that. Hell yeah. Oh, no. Look at that. That's Ooh. all the way up to his Adam's apple. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Joe, look at his. Uh, I don't know if you really can't tell there. You can a little bit, but. His eyebrows? Oh, his eyebrows. Insane. His eyebrows are insane. His mustache. He looks like he's one of those guys that if he pushes too hard when he's going to the bathroom, he grows a beard. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. Oh, oh no. God. Uh, by the again. way, now, yeah. no beard, no mustache, cleaned up eyebrows. Mm, yeah, really? Yeah, totally Good different. Um, I want to say also on that team was Howard Johnson. And uh, no relation, I don't think, no, to the no, hotel chain. No, no, Howard Johnson, I, I, Pete's going to have to back me up on this, but Howard Johnson played. A long career in the in Major League Baseball, won the uh, the World Series, and then retires. So when you retire, you have uh, you know a baseball pension. You probably have money in the bank or whatever. Hojo didn't seem like the kind of guy that <laughs> you hear stories about losing all his money mm-hmm. or anything like that. What do you think he does now for a living? He manages hotels. No, that would be funny. If he <laughs> He's did. a samurai. Wouldn't it be funny if he got a job right? at Howard Johnson? Yeah. Like, Hello, I'm Howard Johnson. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the uh, Buccaneers locker room one day, no. and Howard Johnson's in there with the locker room crew. And and uh, I was like, uh, and, and, and Mesh was like, yeah, the guy who worked there, he was like, it's Howard Johnson. I go, what is he doing? He goes, he's bored and he likes football, so he came and he works for us. I Damn. Thought, if I'm single... And I love football now. My post career, I just go hang out and work in the locker room. Yeah, I was like, that's really actually nice. a pretty good career. Yeah. I got to double check with Pico. I'm, I'm almost positive it was him, but that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty funny. Might have been. 
I love when I call Pete. He goes, I don't know how Johnson yeah. Moore is. Whoever. So he's from the area. Like, was he born in Clearwater? Is that I don't know. the right guy? Because I'm know. looking at it, and it says, because it says after retiring, Johnson expressed an interest in coaching in uh, 1996 with the Devil Rays. He was uh, part of the coaching staff there or whatever. But it looks like he's actually from this area. It says so born I'm, in Clearwater. So what I'm talking about years had to be like 97, 98. So let's see what uh, in 97 he attempted to come back with the Mets. Uh, no. 99 was the equipment manager for the Buccaneers. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about that in Let here. <laughs> that's a loud one today. Oh, oh that's good. Today. <laughs> today is extra loud. My nose is bleeding. <laughs> oh, come on. Did it not work? Do I have to do it again now? Uh, I got my volume down. Carmen, which one do I <laughs> dial out on? Oh, there it is. Okay. It didn't work. Your call has been forwarded oh, yeah. to an automatic voice oh, message. I'm going to give out your number now. Seven, two, seven. Really <laughs> He's selling a Lambo. Yeah. I was, if he answered, I was going to be like, are you at the shop? No, I'm going to be like, they just called and said your shop is on fire. Oh, that would have been a... so funny. Yeah. So funny. Hey, Led Zeppelin's playing at your shop. <laughs> All right, I got to take a break. I got to go pee-pee. Thank you. Ron Darling, check out his new book. The Mike Calder Show on 102.5 The Bone. Drew Garabo live every afternoon from 2 to 6 on 102.5 The Bone. We love radio. Traffic update. My main traffic hotspot is I-75 northbound in Pasco County. A bad injury crash north of State Road 54. Last time I looked at this, fire rescue was on the scene blocking a bunch of lanes. Obviously, there's going to be a delay there. Wrapping up that crash, I-4 westbound at the 275 interchange. Still looking at delays coming in from the Selman Connector. That's Waste Traffic. I'm Slater in the Safe Touch Security Traffic Center. WHPT, Sarasota, Tampa, St. Pete, and now on 97.1 WHUP.